you know, I've always said that facts tell and stories sell. Uh, facts tell, stories sell. Um, the reason why stories sell is because... This is Stay Paid, the marketing podcast that gives listeners a competitive edge to stay motivated, find inspiration, and discover proven real-world tactics from some of the best marketers across the nation. This podcast is brought to you by Reminder Media, the company that keeps the lights on in our studio, including our take action sign behind us. Luke and I have worked together over the last 20 years to help small business owners stay top of mind with a mission to help them generate more repeat and referral business. We help business owners with everything from lead generation, print marketing, social media content, geographic farming, and more. We've had the opportunity to help over 100,000 entrepreneurs over the last 20 years. It's really been amazing. If you'd like to see how we can help you and your business, be sure to check out ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidMarketing. That's ReminderMedia.com slash StayPaidMarketing. Take action on that today. Welcome to Stay Paid. My name is Joshua Stike, along with Luke Acree, and our guest today is Roger Short. Roger is the Chief Visionary Officer and Managing Partner at Impact Legacy Group, as well as co-founder and host of the Life Insurance Academy, the number one life insurance podcast on the web right now with over 60,000 monthly downloads and still growing and a new YouTube channel reaching close to 10,000 subscribers. Excuse me, Roger, absolutely killing it. Welcome to Stay Paid. Thanks for being here. Man, thanks for having me on the show. I've been watching you guys now for a couple of years. I'm like, who is this guy, Luke? Who are these two? Who are these two tag teaming? Because you've got some great interviews, some great content. And uh, I'm just honored to be finally be invited on the show, man. Thank you, brother, man. It means a lot coming from you. You are crushing it with your content. It has been great getting to know you. We met at some of the events recently that we've been at. I've heard because you told us in the green room that you're an adventure enthusiast. And you go on a yes. lot of traveling and a lot of trips. I, I got to ask you, what was your favorite? Like, uh, you said you did the 14 Peaks in Colorado. You just did Kilimanjaro. Wow. Like, what's been your favorite adventure? Your your the hardest challenge that you've overcome in that? Probably Kilimanjaro. Well, I mean, well, there's two really. The we uh, my daughter and I, uh, Olivia, my middle girl. She's my adventure buddy. Um, she's 26. Uh, you know, she's out on her own. She's an art therapist now, but. Um, I got her into climbing the 14ers in Colorado with me a, a few years back. And just a couple of years ago on Father's Day weekend, we went out to climb the Decalibron just north of Breckenridge. And the Decalibron is four peaks in one route. It's a it's a loop route. So you hit four peaks in one route and before you, you, before you descend. So you summit, you come down the saddle, you summit another peak, and there's four right there. Jeez. Uh, there's over 50 14ers in Colorado, over 14,000 feet. We were going to try to knock out four in one day. And uh, we got up on the second peak, second summit, and winds came out of nowhere. It was a beautiful blue sky day, puffy white clouds. The winds just kept howling. And winds started before we summited the second peak. Winds were gusting 80 to 90 miles an hour. Oh, my goodness. And we, we, were, we were literally down on all fours. My daughter was scared for her life. <laughs> and uh, it was one of the most treacherous uh, grueling, mentally exhausting, physically exhausting days that I've ever had. What goes on in your brain that makes you want to do that? Is it the challenge? Is it, um, you want to see the site? Like, what is it? Uh, well, probably a few things. Number one, uh, I like to push myself to do hard things. And if you can push yourself to do hard things, no matter whether you succeed or you fail at that specific thing, there are so many life lessons along the way that you learn that you can apply to every other area of your life. 
I think it makes you a better human. I think it makes you a better achiever. I think it makes you a better entrepreneur, a better father, a better husband, uh, you know, a, a, a better person, a Love better that. friend, because you got to lean into all of those things to make it. You can't make it by yourself. Well, you know, I believe God made us for a community, right? I don't believe God made us to live in isolation and to live in these bubbles where we're on our phones all the time. I believe that he uh, meant for us to live vibrant lives that uh, that were expansive, that were inclusive, that touched other people's lives, that you know brought meaning to your life while you're bringing meaning to others. And so when you go and do a trek like Kilimanjaro, you have a team of 20 people getting you there and they're depending on you, you're depending on them. Um, sites that you'll never see anywhere else in the world. Kilimanjaro is the only place on planet Earth where you go through four ecological climate zones. You start out in a rainforest. You then move into the heather and moorland zone. Then you move into the alpine desert. Wow. And then you move into the Arctic zone. So you're literally in a rainforest at the equator. And on top, there are glaciers and That's 10 degrees, crazy, 5 degrees. Man. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's a really, really cool experience. And, um, I'm not technically skilled as a climber, but I certainly can push myself to do, to do hard things. So, yeah. well, I'm uh, looking, yeah. I'm, I'm looking behind you, right. And you have the impact legacy group, um, behind you, which is a company that you have helped start and, and are the chief visionary officer of, and, you know, I think it's a good transition into kind of your your journey. And, you know, I see you as someone who is an expert at building not only companies, but building brands and building organizations that do exactly what's in the name that you have there, which is Create Impact. I'd love for you to share a little bit about kind of why you started Impact Legacy Group and a part of that company. And then even maybe more important than Impact Legacy Group is talk about the this Insurance Academy uh, business that you had because it's a, you know one of the fastest growing podcasts. Like walk us through that journey of yours and, and what made you go down that path? Well, Impact Legacy Group was formed uh, through a merger, actually. My former company, Advanced Team Partners, and uh, a company that was owned, uh, uh, primarily owned by a principal by the name of uh, Brian Askins owned Secure Insurance Group. Um, about four years ago, we met, we started talking and the more we talked, the more we realized there was synergy and alignment in a lot of the things we were doing. There wasn't competition, but there was like alignment where we could actually come together and really help each other grow. And the more we talked, the more we realized we probably should do the hardest thing, which is actually to merge the companies instead of just trying to support each other at, at, yeah, at a distance. And so then we went through a merger process. One of the toughest things I've ever been through is a merger. I mean, you got a lot of personalities, a lot of existing relationships. Like there's a lot that well, goes I, into a that. A high degree of acquisitions and mergers literally fail. Like I, I don't want to yes. say it's in the 90 percentiles of they fail because of that. Personalities, buying for the wrong reason, merging for the wrong reason. So it's interesting you yeah. say that. Yeah. And, you know, I got into the insurance business, the life insurance business, um, because I wanted to do something that mattered. Um, I was a former partner in an advertising company. I think we touched briefly on this in some of our, you know, pre-show setup. Um, I moved to Louisville, Kentucky from Canada back in 2001, and we launched a Yellow Pages company in the advertising space, business to business advertising. That was pre-iPhone, you know, and pre-Google dominating search. And um, it was, it blew up. The telecommunications industry got deregulated and um, oh, it opened up for competition. And when that happened, um, I was working for a company in Canada that was doing the same thing. And my entrepreneurial spirit said, I can do this. We can do this. 
And a buddy of mine from the U.S. kept calling me and eventually he got me down here to where, you know, my studio today is in Louisville, Kentucky. But we moved here in 2001 and launched that first company. And uh, that was going gangbusters. But in 2009, we hit the first big market mortgage crash, if you remember. Um, And um, it was a significant downturn in the economy, you know, the Great Recession. And we had um, a lot of advertisers that were pulling back from advertising the way that they did previously. I saw the writing on the wall, but that wasn't the thing that got me out of the business. What got me out of the business was a, uh, a disalignment that happened between the leadership of our company and the organization. And uh, while I was a partner in that business, we had brought on a private equity group to help fund the growth of the company. And everything was going swimmingly well until the recession happened. And when that happened, they stepped in to start to exert influence to try to maintain the same type of growth numbers we had in all previous years. Well, it just wasn't a realistic expectation. And I saw the underbelly of their desire which only served the shareholders and not our consumer base, not our age, not our reps that got us, you know, on the map that got us to where we were. And I saw good people getting hurt and I saw devaluing of our clients and that no longer resonated with me as a person. I'm like, no, I'm not in this just for the money. Like we got all these families that helped us build this company. I don't want to see them let go because we're in the middle of a recession because we think bringing in someone else is going to do it. Like I saw these guys fight in the room with me till nine, 10, 11 o'clock at night, getting the job done, you know, and I know these guys can, can go to battle. And when that, when, when that happened, I, I, uh, I wanted to depart uh, from that and create something new because ultimately, you know, I wear this wristband every day on my, on my wrist called difference makers. And I just want my life to matter and mean something. It's not just about a dollar for me. And so I got exposed to the life insurance business. I went out with a guy who was selling final expense and uh, went and did some ride alongs with him for two days. We just rode around. He didn't even have any appointments. And uh, we just knocked on some doors and I called my wife and I said, I don't know what's going on. We have no appointments and we're just visiting old people (laughs) in their homes. That's it. And at the end of two days, he had written like $4,300 or something in premium. And so I started doing the math. I'm like, you can make a good living at this. Like, this has got to be one of the best kept secrets in America. Like nobody, I didn't even know about this. And, you know, here I was 30 something years old and I didn't have a clue what this was. How's this even possible? And so that opened my eyes to the opportunity. And I realized in the life insurance business on that very first day when I was out with Fred riding around, we sat in a house, we helped the family, uh, helped this, uh, this gentleman who had lost his wife a year and a half ago, who still had his wife's obituary from the local newspaper laminated on the kitchen table that we sat at. And it was still sitting there a year and a half later. And when, when we asked why he was requesting information about insurance, it's because his boys and him were still paying for his wife's funeral. Wow. Crazy. And uh, his boys encouraged him, hey, dad, you should probably get some insurance because if something happens to you, now we're going to be paying for moms and yours. Is there any way you can look into getting something? And after we helped him that day, Luke, as we were leaving, Fred, who is very non-emotional, he's a very matter-of-fact guy, and I was just observing, put his hand out to say, thank you, Mr. Williamson, you'll get your policy in a few days in the mail. And when he went to shake his hand, Mr. Williamson pulled him in close and hugged him, you know, one of these one unarmed hugs. This guy's a 75 year old guy. You know, I could tell he was strong in his day, but now he was starting to become frail and he pulled him in. When he pulled him in close, I saw like a little tear in his eye down over his cheek. 
And man, it got me right there. And I'm like, yeah, this matters. This stuff matters, man. Like that resonated with me. I'm like, you can make great money. You can show other people how to do the same thing. You can build a team, you can build a company and you're actually making a difference in people's lives. And that's what started my journey into insurance and ultimately, you know, forming this company, uh, Impact Legacy Group, which now we offer, you know, a platform for agents in Medicare and life and annuities and retirement planning across the country in a multifaceted platform. So it was a a beautiful segue and into that for me. That's so incredible. It's so uh, interesting hearing you tell the story. Like, I just want to point out to everybody listening, like, that's the level of passion and conviction you need in what you're doing to really actually be successful and, and move the hearts of people. Um, because it's like you hear like the best real estate agents, the best insurance agents, like they can speak about what they do, not in terms of the product offering that they give, but in terms of the lives that they're changing. And I think yeah. that is really what comes into building a brand. I, I don't know if you could maybe tap into a little bit of like, when you think about building a brand today that is authentic, that attracts, like, what are you encouraging agents to do? And where should they start when they think about brand? Where should they start in thinking about building? Because maybe I'm just getting into the business right now and I'm trying to become known in my community, to my sphere. How do I go about developing this brand that's going to, to build a company? Yeah, uh, I mean, and you, add, Luke, thanks for that question. It's a great one. Uh, and you alluded to something else in your former question, which I didn't answer. You mentioned the Life Insurance Academy and the podcast and how that came about. Uh, so I'm going to tie that into your second question here. Um, when we got into the business, I realized very, very quickly that this was a lucrative business that really made a difference in people's lives. It was you know, and I said to my wife, I said, this is a really cool business. Like we can help a lot of people face to face, belly to belly, and really help change their lives, put them in a good financial position to win. We just got to earn their trust, create a lead system, that sort of thing. Um, and I said, I want to, I want to grow an organization. I'm, I'm not meant to do this alone. I'm not meant for isolation, right? I'm, I'm meant for community and I'm meant to, to do something bigger. And so, I wanted to find out what's a great way to start telling the story to the world without sounding like you're recruiting all the time. And, and so we decided to launch the life insurance Academy podcast. It actually started with a training series for our own agents Mm -hmm. where we would have our top producing agents interview. We would interview them and they would just tell their stories about how they did the week before. And then our agents were saying, is this recorded somewhere? Where can I listen to it? I missed the call. And I'm like, dang it. You know, I'm using one of these free conference call, 1-800 free conference call lines. And so then I'm saving these and I'm thinking, I, so we, we actually opened a SoundCloud account. If you remember SoundCloud or you know SoundCloud, yep. we opened a SoundCloud account and started just storing our poorly recorded telephone call trainings on there so that our agents could access that account and listen to all the previous calls. Mm. We didn't broadcast it. We didn't stream it. We weren't, you know, using a service like Libsyn or Anchor or nothing like that. It was just a holding place. And after about a year and a half, we realized that there was all these people that were listening to it. We had more subscribers than I had agents. (laughs) I'm like, how are people even finding this? We're not even promoting it. Like we're actually trying to keep it on the down low because like we're talking about people's names and clients, individual names. And I mean, it's just like, you're like, I don't know if I want all that out there, but people were finding it. I'm like, there's a need for this. People want to, they're hungry to find out information on how to, to, they can, 
help grow their business or grow their sales. And so we decided to like step it up and we invested some money and we started telling the story of life insurance sales and the stories of the lives we were impacting. Um, and that was in 2020. It started to grow, uh, but we had very low, you know, number of listeners initially. But when the pandemic happened in March, April of 2020, our subscribers and our listeners started to go up because we realized people were at home and they were yep. trying to source information on how to be successful over the phone in remote situations. And people were reaching out to us and DMing us on social media and things like that. And so we realized it had an audience and it just kept building and building. Um, so I would say to answer your question, you've got to be authentic and you've got to be this and you've got to do, do things that you're comfortable with doing and sharing with the world. And, uh, I guess for me, my social media is my outlet to share my life. It's not just about my business. Yes. I put a lot of business content up on my personal Instagram, my stories, my Instagram reels. And now I have people that help me with that. But initially it was me just sharing my life and my business is a part of my life. My faith is a part of my life. My kids are a part of my life. And I'm a believer that people want to do business with people that they know, like, and trust. And one of the ways that they get to know, like, and trust you is what you put out there. I think too many people are trying to curate the content so much that they only ever see the good. And it's hard to distinguish what's real and what's not. So uh, I think being your authentic self and just telling stories. So. On the podcast, we're very authentic. We get people that message us and saying, you guys joke too much. You guys get off on tangents too much. Can you just teach? I'm like, <laughs> well, you can subscribe to our coaching and courses call if you want to get all the teaching. But if you want to hear the podcast, it's going to be us talking about life. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it's about insurance. We get that feedback about, on our dad jokes, too. People always yeah. writing in, complaining. It's just like, yeah, someone, <laughs> someone said, I'm tired of hearing dad jokes. I want more tips on sales. I'm like, oh, You're like, okay, I'm not <laughs> sure what to do here. Want more leads in your business? Referrals are the way to go. Referrals are more likely to convert and even have an increased lifetime value over any other type of lead. So what's the secret to getting more referrals? Pretty simple. Offer great service and send something consistently to your database that keeps you top of mind. The first is up to you, but a personally branded magazine from Reminder Media can take care of the second. We even found in an independent survey that 84% of the magazine recipients said they're more likely to give a referral because of the magazine. If you're ready to increase your referral business, visit remindermedia.com slash stay paid magazine. That's remindermedia.com slash stay paid magazine. Take action on this today. Have you seen, um, cause we've been talking to a lot of people recently and for a while there, it felt like Instagram, people were getting their leads from Instagram organically. Now it's shifting over to YouTube. I know you guys have this growing YouTube channel. Are you starting to see a success with that, uh, that, piece of content that platform now as well well interestingly we never used the life insurance academy as a recruiting tool mm -hmm. it was never really designed as an overt recruiting tool so i actually never talk about this company on the life insurance academy podcast or any of the content it's okay. open for everybody um however what starts to happen and i'm a firm believer in this is if you can consistently put out who you are the content that you value and you let people see who you are and your values, the people who are looking to align with you, they reach out to you. So you're actually creating your own warm inbound marketing leads without having to be a recruiter, mm -hmm. you know, a consistent recruiter, because um, you're telling your story, people resonate, they reach out and say, say, man, I would love to work with you guys. Is that possible? And uh, yes, it's possible. But if we're not good at something, I'll refer them to someone else. 
if they're looking for something that doesn't align with, you know, what we're good at. But um, so, yes, we, we have seen our YouTube content go up, but um, I cannot believe how many people reach out to us just from the audio podcast on Apple and Spotify. Um, we get a ton of DMs on that uh, on a regular basis. And then, of course, we get the comments on our YouTube channels as well. But I get we get a ton of DMs because, you know, I put out my ways that you could reach me. Um, and oftentimes it's content specific. So when you're doing a podcast on a certain topic that resonates with a lot of people, like you'll see a lot of traction on that. So you can kind of gauge what's what people want to hear and what people, you know, value and what they're looking for. And so you can kind of lean into that. Uh, we've recently done some stuff on telesales, life insurance, telesales, like how to sell life insurance over the phone. That's resonated with so many people. Um, people are trying to figure out how to do that. And so I'm actually um, curious. Yeah. It's so funny. Even you saying it, I'm like, I'm curious. I'm like, hey, what do you say sales over the phone? Top tips that you would give sales over the phone. Uh, for life insurance sales. Well, over the yeah, phone? I mean, you could say for life insurance, but it probably could be anything, anything selling over the phone. What, what's been your experience of top tips over the phone? Well, first of all, you got to have a lead source. So yeah. you got to have a qualified lead source because there's a lot of dials. You got to have a good contact ratio. So in order to get a good contact ratio, you need a lot of leads. Yes. And if you're running a lot of leads, you have to have some type of management system to run those leads or you're just all over the place. If you're just working off Google Sheets or yellow you know, notepads, it, it gets, you know, that can get a little hairy. Um, so if you organize yourself with some software and you don't have to spend a lot to, to get some software, um, and then you have some scripts that work for your market, um, where, you know, you've got proven scripts from people who know what they're doing in that space, who know how to handle the most common objections, who know how to answer the most frequently asked questions and then how to bring value to a close. Um, I think you can be successful. Um, the biggest reason that we see people win or lose in telesales, uh, is their commitment to their own discipline and their consistency of their routines. Mm. So well said, well said, man. Yeah, I can tell, what, what I love about that, and I can tell you've done you know, phone sales and you've, you've worked mm -hmm. with people on it because anybody who goes to CPH, like contacts per hour, or answer rates and stuff like that, they're actually have realized the game. It's a numbers game. Like you can, you can try to get as good as you want on the phone and you should be an expert at your craft and great at the pitch and all that stuff. Hey man, mm -hmm. but it's about the dials. It's about the, are you dialing the right target audience? And, and yep, taking the shots. Exactly. He's doing the shots right now. You gotta now. get the reps in, man. You gotta put in the reps. You yeah. have to. Um, I mean, that really is the key. So I'm curious because I just look up to you. I was uh, listening to you speak at 8% and I've seen your stuff. I, I feel like you're an incredible storyteller. Um, and okay. I don't know if you've heard that before from people or not, but, uh, you're yes. shaking your head. I'm assuming yes, because you just, even how you told the story of you and your daughter on the mountain, like, like you're just a great storyteller. Like I spoke at 8%, you spoke at 8%. I'm curious, like your thoughts on like how you prepare for speaking, how you pre prepare, you know, because people I think can apply your gifting of being able to tell a story and bring people into even their sales pitch and what they're doing and building their brand because building a brand, you're telling a story. Um, can you give mm -hmm. us any insight there? Because I just look up to you and your ability to do that. Yeah, you know, I've always said that facts tell and stories sell. Uh, facts tell, stories sell. Um, the reason why stories sell is because it puts the listener puts your audience, it puts the prospect, it puts the buyer in the shoes with you. They're experiencing what you're sharing 
uh, with them, they're experiencing it with you. So when I just told you that story of sitting in Mr. Williamson's house on a kitchen table and the, the, the obituary was laminated, you guys were visualizing a laminated obituary sitting on the table and you were visualizing him moving in close and the tear coming out of his eye and that emotional moment that I had as a result of that, you could see that happening because mm-hmm. I described it that way. Most people are, are too trivial. They, they step over like, it was an emotional moment. It touched me. That's why I got into the business. Like tell the story of how it happened because guess what? At our core, man, we're, we're these emotional beings, right? Aristotle talked about the three, the three fundamentals uh, of persuasion, uh, ethos, pathos, and logos, you know, that if we incorporate all of these areas in our communication with, with people, we're communicating to their heart. We're communicating to their mind. We're communicating to their soul, right? Like it's, 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 it's communication on, on all levels. And if you don't tell stories, I mean, some of the best speakers you've ever heard, you've got to admit, are the best storytellers, some of the best preachers. I knew you grew up in church. I know you still serve in your church. And I would say now that you probably have some of your favorite speakers, uh, preachers and things because of how they communicate and how they tell a story. Yep. Um, Back in my college days, a statement that was made to me when I was doing a speaking class, and this guy was a Christian, He he had personal faith. And he said, one of the things that influenced me the most about my personal speaking was this. And he heard this somewhere else. So he was repeating this. He said, Jesus was a storyteller and I want to be like Jesus. Hmm. I never forgot that. I never forgot that. It stuck with me all of my life. And so whenever I communicate, if I'm formulating a talk, a message that I'm trying to communicate, I'm asking myself, what stories can I tell to drive these points home? Because I know if I have a compelling story, people will remember the moment because people don't remember what you say, but they remember how you made them feel. Mm. And the feeling part is that story part of your life. Yeah, it's so good, man. I, I think of like, I've never thought about it that way with Jesus. He, I mean, you know, he shares through the parables and stuff like that. And you're like, yeah, yeah, it is stories. Like it's literally stories. It's All how, stories. And it I connects. Mean, it connects with people so much more. And I think of like, there's this great author out there. I'm going to butcher his last name like I always do, but Patrick Lancioni, I think is his, mm-hmm. his last name. And most of his books that are bestsellers are like fables. Their stories yeah. are parables that he has done. And they're super powerful because they're easy to read. You can connect the principles extremely well. And I find like when I was preparing for the 8% speech, like that was something that stood out to me was... Just going, how many stories can I tell of, of true experiences or true things that I've experienced um, because it draws people in because everything else, you're just, you. it's not that you sound like everybody else, but they can get info anywhere. Like you can get info anywhere, but hearing mm-hmm. someone's personal story, that is what connects. Uh, so I love it. I think you do a fantastic, I mean, I think you had the audience crying, dude. Like I was like blown away. I was sitting in the back of the room going, oh my gosh, this guy is just unbelievable at telling stories. So I think that's a gifting of yours. I'm curious. Um, I mean, I feel like we're barely getting started. I could talk to you and we've already been going for like 30 minutes, but I'm curious, you know, you've done a lot in your life and you've obviously faced adversity and you probably face yeah. adversity today in these new ventures you're doing. You know, yeah. what has been your source of overcoming that adversity? Like, how do you think about it? What do you encourage business professionals to do when they face that adversity or they get down and discouraged? 
Um, what do you encourage them to do? Well, uh, for me, it's, it all goes back to relationships again. Like you're going to hear that over and over and over from me. It's relationships. It's your community. You got to surround yourself with good people. You got to surround yourself with good people who have integrity, you have honesty, you have character. You got to surround yourself with good people who would tell you the truth despite hurting your feelings, mm. but who will love you anyway. And you know that they're loving you while they're telling you the truth. You got to have people that will encourage you to fight on because they know the fight that's in you. Um, and so my wife has been an incredible source of strength for me. Uh, she's been my biggest encourager and cheerleader. Um, and as I've taken my kids around and, and, and let them see the fight that I've been in to grow the things that we've grown or to take them to events and then to see how, um, other people respond and, and what the industry has available and, and they see the progression of things now that they become adults and my youngest daughter is now going off to college they've essentially all three become adults. They're now turning back and saying that I learned so much just by being around your community of people. And I can see now why you've surrounded yourself with certain people, because when you were down, we didn't know it. And you were going somewhere else to, to get that encouragement, to keep fighting for our family, to keep mm -hmm. fighting for our business, to keep fighting for, you know, when I came here in 2001 to start that first company that I told you about Luke, like I had eight grand in the bank and that was right after payday. Mm. And that was, that was, that was right after payday. And it was when I was just starting to figure out how to make six figures in sales for the first time. And we had so much student loan debt. We, you know, we never had anything. Um, my wife and I both were working two jobs for a long time. And, uh, you know, that's how we started our family. So we fought and scratched man for everything. And when I moved down here to start that company, we didn't have, I didn't have a hotel room to stay in. I didn't have a rental car. I didn't have money for food. And I literally came to the U.S. and started a company because I saw my dad fight really hard with little to no education. I saw my brothers fight and win. And I got I was around some really good people in my life and said, Roger, you've got something special, like lean in until you find it. Go for your dreams. My father in law was one of those people for me. Um, we were thinking about moving to the U S and taking his two grandkids away his only two grandkids away, Jeez. you know, from Canada to the U S and I got, I almost backed out of the deal and almost didn't, didn't actually make the move. And, um, I could have taken a small buyout and, and went back home and he came down and looked with me and he goes, even though it hurts me to say this, he said, I think you would be making a big mistake if you didn't at least give this two years and see what you can make out of this business. Wow. He said, you're taking my two grandbabies away but you have to fight for the things you want and I know you can do it. And I believe in you. Like you have to find those people in your life. And it was in that moment, like I can get emotional even remembering that moment. It happened in a hotel room in Southern Indiana, right across the river from here in Louisville, Kentucky. That hotel has been completely renovated. Now I could probably take you right back to where that hotel room was and where I was sitting on the bed when he said that to me, like you got to find some people in your life that'll believe in you. Um, and uh and help you fight through some of the challenges and he did and and uh, we came down and we said we we're going to give it two years my wife said she told her parents we're moving back in two years and here we are you know <laughs> 2023 it's 23 years later and we're still here so that's so good man, Roger, man. Yeah. great story thank you yeah. for sharing that with us thanks for coming on uh the episode here really appreciate it before we close out let people know how they can connect with you and learn more about life insurance academy Man, uh, well, Impact Legacy Group. You can find us at impactlegacygroup.com. Uh, that's our that's our main company in the insurance space. So you can check out everything we're doing there. You can follow me on Instagram at Roger Short. 
um, my Facebook, Roger Short, uh, LinkedIn. You can find me on all the platforms. I believe, by the way, you should be on all the platforms with some frequency to create that frequency illusion. There you go, uh, baby. You talked about at 8%. And, uh, and then on Life Insurance Academy, of course, we have our YouTube channel, Life Insurance Academy, uh, the Life Insurance Academy podcast on Spotify and Apple. Um, you can get me on all all the ways, man. All the internet webs, you can awesome. find me somewhere. Yeah, awesome. you look. Appreciate it, man. Uh, you can yeah. get a link to all of those uh, ways to connect with Roger as well in Life Insurance Academy at staypaidpodcast.com, where we'll post the show notes and the video of this episode. If you enjoy this episode and want to show your support, head on over to Apple Podcasts, drop us a five-star review along with a comment, and we'll read it here on the show. And the best way to show your support is just to share the podcast with someone that you know. If you want to get hold of me or Luke, you can email us at podcast at ReminderMedia.com. And of course, you can find us on social media as well. We are at Stay Paid Podcast. For this episode of Stay Paid, I'm Joshua Stike. Guys, I'm Luke Acre. Roger, man, thank you so much. Amazing stuff. We'll have to have you back because there's so much we could pick your brain on on so many different levels. Um, my action item for everybody here is really, really twofold because I think there's a really powerful one Roger just gave us at the end, which is, you know, you got to surround yourself with people who believe in you. But my challenge to you is you can be that person for somebody else. Yes, 100%. Yeah, you can be the person that believes in somebody. And I think of my own life and, and childhood, like one of the things that happened to me is I just had so many people in the church that I grew up in just told me I was special. Like, I mean, it sounds kind of weird saying it out loud, but told me that, but that made a huge impact on my confidence and who I am and, and gave me that almost like belief that I could go on and do something great. And I think about, man, I didn't give them the credit probably that they deserve, but you can be that for somebody. You can be the person that is telling somebody that they are special, that you do believe in them, and that might be what they need to actually take them to the next level. So that's one of your action items. And then the second action item, which is more tactical maybe to your direct business and your sales presentation is, you know, Roger said it best, stories are facts tell, stories sell. Do you have a story in your sales presentation, when you are connecting with somebody, when you're meeting them, whether it's your, your listing presentation, you're in real estate, or you're meeting someone in their house and you're selling them final expense, what is the story that you're sharing with them of either why you got in the business, why you're passionate about what you do, because that story is what they're going to actually connect with. So remember, the difference between top producers and mediocre producers in every business is top producers take action. Take action on that today. 